And hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 73 of the weekly Yes And podcast. My name is Travis Thomas, the host of the weekly Yap and the creator of Live Yes And. You can follow me at Live Yes And or go to my website, liveyesand.com. This is episode 73, which is a great year. A lot of great people born in 73. I can think of a few, specifically one, not to name any names. So, there you go. Episode 73, everyone. Really excited to have Michael Balshan on the Yap today. But before we do that, I want to send a belated happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. My wife, my beautiful wife, uh, my mother, uh, who listens to the Weekly Yap, my mother-in-law, who does not listen to the Weekly Yap, uh, my sisters, my sister-in-laws, and all my great friends out there. Happy Mother's Day. And uh, I want to say a special hello to everyone who is currently doing the pilot program for Get Unstuck in 10 Days. Yes, that is going on right now. Really excited about it, really enjoying it, and uh, we'll be offering it again in June and July. So stay tuned. I will keep you posted on my website under events of when that will be listed. So having a lot of great fun with that right now, and I look forward to doing many, many more of those. Uh, and a little reminder, a little ask, a little permission, a little uh, request, if you will, that if you enjoy the Yes Am podcast and you go to iTunes and you want to give me a, a rating or a review, it's always appreciated to help spread the yap. So thank you for that. So today's interview, really excited about. It's with Michael Belshin. His website is Michael Belshin, and Belshin is B-A-L-C-H-A-N.com. He and I both attended the uh, Brian Johnson Heroes Training out in California a few weeks ago. We didn't actually meet each other at the training, but connected um, afterwards online and uh, realized, you know what, I needed to get him on the weekly yap. And so he is uh, a really cool guy. Again, his his website is michaelbelshin.com. He's an expert at helping people learn to better live, love, and lead. He works with CEOs, traders, attorneys, entrepreneurs, heart surgeons, authors, producers, students. He works with everybody. Uh, He's a Harvard graduate. He was a trader uh, who decided to go into this inspiring work. And so he shares uh, a lot of his childhood, a lot of his journey, uh, a lot of his wisdom. Um, This is one of my longer interviews, and we could have gone on uh, much longer because uh, I just so thoroughly enjoyed talking to Michael. And uh, so we just get into it. We just start rolling. Uh, I throw the ball out into the court, and uh, we see where it goes. And uh, with Michael, we could go on and on and on. So this is probably just chapter one of our discussion, but we had a lot of fun. So uh, without further ado, please welcome Michael Belshin to the Weekly App. And welcome, everyone, to the Weekly Yes Am podcast. I think this is episode 73, just to uh, reveal my lack of professionalism, but I'm pretty sure this is episode 73, uh, and, and really excited to have Michael Belshin uh, joining us, or actually, is it Bal- it's Balshin. I, 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 I was close enough, Michael, right? I was, I was right yeah, there. Yeah, that was great. That was great. I just, I, but you know what? I, I, I tried to pull it off um, with more confidence, and I, and I totally, you know, lacked confidence in myself after I said it. Uh, Michael, That's ba- all right. <laughs> Michael, Bosch. Michael, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Um, 
And to give context to everyone who is listening, uh, you and I, uh, we connected uh, a few weeks ago. We both recently attended uh, Brian Johnson's uh, hero training out in California, though we didn't actually uh, meet and connect in person, but we've connected after the fact. And, uh, and then me having, you know, looking into the work that you're doing and um, the, uh, the great illustrations you're doing on a daily basis, we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, and then you reached out and I'm like, yeah, this, this will be a wonderful conversation, even if it's selfishly just wonderful for me, uh, although I have a feeling everyone listening is going to enjoy it as well. So Michael, thanks so much for taking the time from Chicago. No, thank you. I'm, it's an honor to be here and I'm excited to to be part of episode 73-ish, um, <laughs> and yeah, just, just just excited to dive in. Great. Well, let's just dive in. Tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Uh, I, I'm on your website, which is uh, michaelbelshin.com, and I'll include that link for everyone listening to the podcast, but um, you're in the coaching world, uh, you're in the mentoring world. Uh, give everyone a, a little bit of scoop of what your day-to-day looks like. Sure. Um, and I, I actually just bought a domain, michael.coach, so that's easier because Balsham's this, this harder word. So michael.coach is easier to remember. But um, yeah, so, so I'm, I'm kind of more of a recent, um, recent addition to the coaching full time. Um, it's probably been about 18 months I've been doing that. Um, for the seven years prior, I was a commodity options trader, so I traded gold and oil commodity options. Um, and I did that right after coming, graduating from Harvard in 09. Um, but from the Midwest, um, live in Chicago, love it. Day to day is really, you know, it's implementing a lot of Brian Johnson stuff from the procedural level of, of, you know, waking up early, rocking my fundamentals, meditation, working out, um, and then doing some deep creative work and um, trying to, to produce a lot of different things, probably too many things actually, um, struggle sometimes with with um, focus on, on just a couple projects, but I tend to work well that way. Um, and then I get to have, you know, some really powerful, incredible conversations with inspired leaders. Um, so they could be CEOs or, or, or other executives or, or leaders in organizations um, or communities who are just really looking to make a positive impact in the world. Um, and we kind of chat their fundamentals, how to get them to show up as their highest selves consistently. Um, and then put in place the processes and the strategies so that they can really fall asleep every day, um, satisfied about what they've done and, and equally excited to wake up the next and, and to do and to serve and to be just a little bit better. So, um, we use some coaching modalities. I use kind of my, my collection of, of learnings, both from, from Harvard and then my kind of postgraduate education, which was self-taught, um, you know, not just all the philosopher's notes, but you know, read like a book and a half a week and I've taken 80 some online courses, just really trying to, to get a ton of material in, not knowing what I would do with it, but, but now being able to really leverage it and to provide insights to people that I'm working with. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I was just, so it sounds like, obviously, I mean, you're, you're a voracious learner <laughs> clearly in, in, in your drive to, to, to gain knowledge, to, uh, to get better. Um, not only from your uh, sort of traditional education, but uh, from the amount of, of uh, additional education and learning you've done since then. Uh, has that always been a part of your character? Um, I want to say, say yes, although not, not necessarily so like consciously and structured. Um, growth has kind of always been a part of my character, and, and I was really, really fortunate and blessed to have parents and one of the biggest 
I mean, obviously we're all, we all have parents, but parents have really instilled in me some, some great, great values. And one of the biggest was just to always be, be doing my best no matter what I was doing. Um, and then also just to be, to be learning and improving and getting better and better and better and practicing. Um, I think it's not just kind of the, the learning that's been, um, that set me up to be where I am today, but really the practice and, and taking it from learning and to like experience, not kind of do it. Now, there's a story I tell of, of finishing a, a football practice and maybe it was like fifth grade, like really, you know, kind of young in the football days. And uh, my dad, I was telling my dad about some drills and how I always tried to, you know, win every drill. Um, he, other people would slack off or just kind of get through it, but I was really trying to give my all every drill. And he was like, don't ever stop doing that. That's so important. No matter if it's, you know, not just in the game time or performance, but like every drill, everything, when, when no one else is looking, that's when you need to continue to, to really do your best and, and put your best into it. So um, that's kind of kind of been with me my entire life. And, and it's over the past, you know, 10 years really turned into this, okay, my my formal education is finished, um, but, but I want to continue learning, continue growing. And so how can I, do that in the most effective and efficient way possible. Yeah. So you so you graduate from school. You get into uh, to, uh, to doing trading, and you, you do that. So what was the uh, what was the inspiration to sort of make? Uh, which I'm sure you know many would say is is a huge leap from uh, profession to profession. Yeah. Um, well, it was long. <laughs> it was a long process. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I really loved trading, um, and, and I, I I really find a ton of of value in in the corporate world um, and in, in kind of the, the typical job scene that I think does does a, a lot of amazing amazing things. But um, used trading, you know, there, there's there's great hours. Um, sorry, I just dropped a pen there. Um, used it as 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 kind of like the fuel um, to set me up for for the future. Yeah. Um, and while I was trading new, like, God, I really loved it. It was a fun job. It was competitive. It was fast paced. I had to learn like crazy in the beginning to, to be able to just, just to, just to compete in the markets. Um, and that fueled that, that need for growth. Um, but then started to, to want to do something that, that had more purpose or, or potentially had a bigger, bigger impact. Um, and so started doing a lot of things on the side. So, um, whether that was, you know, the, starting the website, so writing for the blog or, um, started a film production company with, with one of my best friends from school and um, started an app design company that, that actually didn't do so well, um, although the other things have been going going pretty strongly. But um, really just starting all these projects and all doing all this learning on the side, thinking, I don't know where this is going to take me, but, but I know that I'm kind of really enjoying it now. Um, and over time, people started to reach out to me for, for one-on-one support. Um, I, I came to realize that the role I'd been in the film company was really as a coach. Um, he used to introduce me to people as his consigliere. <laughs> uh, so, so really just, just giving that, that high level strategic, um, insight and helping, helping think through those challenges as well as, as, as getting him to show up at, at his best. And really, you know, my job now, I'm not an expert in, in most of my clients industries. Um, I, I have some clients who are traders and I'm, I don't even know that I'm an expert in, in trading anymore. Although I certainly spent a lot of time there. Um, but my, my thing is really getting people to show up and, and be performing at their best and using, using their skills. And when I do that, you know, when I'm selective with my clients, um, their businesses take care of themselves. Yeah. 
And, and so for you, again, you know, to be in the trading business, we're talking, you know, high pressure, um, <clears throat> potential high stress, and it's 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 a it's a performance it's a performance business, like well, like many things are, but definitely a, a high performance business. What, what what was it for you, sort of, during those years that uh, that sort of you leaned upon to make sure that you were, uh, you know, optimizing to uh, to to your potential uh, and and being able to manage sort of the the uh, the pressure and the stress that comes with it. Yeah, um, and and very early on, recognized those things were were going to prevent me from having a long career, and I wanted to have a long career as a trader. Um, so felt the stress, felt the pressure that you know was impacting me at home, relationships, the way that I just physically was feeling. So I kind of recognized like I have to get good at managing this if I want to if I want to realize this opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. And so got into meditating and, and daily journaling and consistent consistent exercising. Um, you know, one of the first things I I actually kind of had as a routine was a Thursday night boxing class where I would go hit a heavy bag for. Yeah an hour um and that that kind of took, took the physical stress of the week away in, in a really cool cool way but um you know optimizing my nutrition all of those kind of fundamental foundational things that that energetically would get me where i need to be um and then was just really intentional about trying to use every day as as data to improve and show up and do better the next. So looking at trades at the end of the day, which which decisions that decisions did I make that, that were good? Which ones were maybe had some area to improve upon? And then how could I do that and just get better day in and day out? And I was, you know, again, blessed with really, really amazing mentors, um, role models, and and other traders who were, you know, senior traders who were willing to to support me and, and you know, I'd say, hey, you know, this is the situation I'm facing. This is this is what I'm kind of thinking. How would you be approaching this? What what would you think? Um, getting their their input on on both things for the future and and on previous decisions of what what could I have done differently here? What would you have done? How could I how could I do this better? And just every day, um, every week, trying to just improve and, and bit by bit by bit. And over time, that that created some cool cool opportunities, cool cool results. Oh, that's great, and I love how you said that. You, you know, the first routine you had was uh, was the Thursday night boxing class. That that physical release of of, of just sort of the day to day grind. Uh, I, I look back to my first improvisation class, sort of probably similarly uh, as that, as that weekly release to. Uh, to be in a different environment, a different space that was so uh, out of character from what the real world sort of sort of seemed like. Um, and now, talk about now. You and I are both actually we're both Midwesterners, right? I, I grew up in Michigan, and uh, you, oh, we're, we're in. I grew up in Flint, Michigan, actually. Okay, my um, my wife's from Plymouth, so right in Ann Arbor. Yeah, I'm, no. I'm from Springfield, Ohio, but my parents, my dad grew up in Michigan, so my parents just moved up to to Waterford. Oh, uh, fantastic! Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, all of those yeah. right, right, uh, right in my uh, my backyard. Most of my family. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm we sure my vacation up in in northern Michigan in Harbor Springs. That's like our oh yes. Uh, like, yeah, every summer we'll be up there. Sailing. We'll be in that that vicinity most of July. Nice. Yes, yes. So, uh, so now anyone listening to the podcast can find us this summer <laughs> for some one-on-one time. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, we'll, we'll talk about uh, a little bit about the, those Midwestern roots. And I know you'd shared the story earlier about your father uh, and football, and, and always really sort of never taking, uh, you know, never taking a break. You know, working with that same that same work rate um, throughout every drill uh, till the end. Uh, growing up, you know, what were what were those influences? What what were the uh, that um, the sort of inspiration that you were around growing up that kind of helped sort of establish this this mindset uh, that you have now. Yeah, you know, um, the first place that my mind goes is, is how how hard that is often to because growing up certainly like I took my experience as like normal, right, and default, and just assume that like this is how the world works and this is how you know the experiences that i that i grew up with you know as a child i don't think many people have the insight to be like oh there's so many different experiences but you take you take your your experiences and kind of um extrapolate them and say like this is this is how it is everywhere and in some ways it's so normal and natural that it that it's it can be a challenge to to look back and reflect and say this is these are the parts of it that really, really were unique or different or, 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 or molding. Yeah. But, um, you know, one of the biggest things was really community. So I grew up, um, you know, again in Springfield and, and, uh, there was a, a Catholic school community. So I, I was Catholic schools through 12th grade. Um, and they just, there was such a close knit. I essentially had like, like, I don't know, maybe 10 sets of parents where, um, and sometimes we'd even joke and call, you know, call our friends' parents, mom and dad, because they were, we were really like that close and, and had a great group of, of guys and girls that, that grew up together and, and kind of, you know, went through all the same courses and we'd, we'd you know, hang out after school and, and play and, and just really do all all these activities together and have this kind of raised by community. So we, we not only had our values um, as individual families, but also these these community values and we shared values and kind of got the the best of the best from from a bunch of, of different different sources. Um, service was another big component. Um, you know, really, parents were, emphasized serving and, and projects, and we even had the school had a, a minimum required number of hours of service that you had to do. Um, and then my parents again just really had me doing so many different things. Whether it was scouting, um, you know, became an Eagle Scout. I wasn't allowed to get my license to drive before I was an Eagle Scout. Oh, that wow. The, yeah. The rule. And, and, and um, it actually didn't happen because um, I spent a year in France when I was um, 15. So between freshman and sophomore year of high school, I lived in France as an exchange student. And then when I got back, they realized that it'd be really nice to have me as a, as a taxi driver for my younger siblings. So they're like, okay, you can, you can get your license, but you still have to get your Eagle Scout. Um, and, and, and music, they had me doing music lessons and, and they actually, you know, we hosted several exchange students. So we were exposed to a, a wider world outside of the Midwest, but, but always with this, this, this backbone of, of community and, and generosity um, and, and kindness and just treating, treating every person as you want it to be treated. Um, and just, just with this, with this love. And, um, those are the things that I think I don't appreciate enough sometimes. Um, but that just the, the person to person interaction and, and having those genuine experiences those human experiences of, of, of connection. 
Yeah, well, tell us about that that uh, that year in France. You know, what are you, four, uh, 15 years old at that time? Yeah, I was 15, yeah. 15, obviously uh, you're, in a, you're in a different country with uh, completely outside your comfort zone. Um, what what was that year like and, and what did it teach you? Yeah, so it was with the Rotary International Youth Exchange. Um, I had one semester of high school French, so my French was, was not, <laughs> not very great when I started. Um, and I even, the, you know, the first night, I remember, what have I gotten myself? <laughs> like, I, can, I was with a host family in the mountains in, um, outside of Clermont-Ferrand, so kind of like in the, in the middle, in the Auvergne region. Um, there's some Tour de France stops that goes through there, but these beautiful volcanic um, mountain range. And just like, like when you look at, the, what's the movie, Beauty and the Beast? Yeah. Where it's like Belle, just like this beautiful, like I was there. <laughs> that, that was home, yeah. Yeah, um, and, and, but they didn't speak any English. And so I'm like, man, I, I, I don't know what to say. I can't communicate with them. Like, I got really, really good at charades. Um, <laughs> and I also learned French, French pretty quickly. I think, you know, like infants learn languages really, really well, not because they are necessarily more capable, but because they're, they're much more driven. <laughs> they really want to communicate. Right, right. Um, and when you're, when you're immersed somewhere and you, and you have to learn the language because otherwise you can't communicate, uh, you can pick it up pretty quickly. But, um, you know, in terms of some of the biggest lessons, one of the biggest ones was just that, that societies do things differently and there's there's no right or wrong. Um, that a lot of the, the, the rules that we have or the, the kind of typical um, guidelines that we follow are really just suggestions and constructs that, that a particular group of people have have developed over time and have agreed upon, but it's not necessarily like the correct way to do things. So I was comparing all the French customs or, or um, even like the layout of the city, comparing it to like America and being like, well, you know, Americans, we do this and the French, like they're doing this and, and realizing that it wasn't, it wasn't a better or worse. There was no value judgment on it. It was just different. Right. Um, and that kind of opened me up to realize there's, there's lots of different ways to live and to go about this this experience of being alive, um, and and not to to be so close minded and, and in a box. Right, and so and then you you also mentioned um, <clears throat> hosting uh, uh, exchange students as well, and so I, I can only imagine that from an from an empathy standpoint, from a from a compassion standpoint, from a humility standpoint, uh, the impact that probably had on you on, on being open to different perspectives. Yeah, for sure. And also really, really grateful for the situation that I, that I was in. Um, and you know, even sometimes I had, I would have guilt and, and even up the past couple of years, I've kind of struggled with that a little bit of like looking back at my life, I've been incredibly blessed. Um, and, and really just, just feel so fortunate to have been blessed, but also kind of, um, there have been struggles for sure, but but they, they've been they've been reframed as challenges and opportunities. And knowing that I am where I am today because of all of the the fortune that, that um, I've encountered, kind of feeling bad about that and not having had more struggles or not having you know having the opportunities I've been given, really wanting to live into them um, and, and be worthy of them, and then somehow give back in, in a bigger way. And what what would you say is sort of one of those one of those moments one of those challenges uh, of adversity 
that uh, was a real sort of pivot point for you that, that, that probably helps you with the work that you're doing today? Um, you know, the thing that's coming up right now is, 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 is people dying. Um, mm-hmm. so my, my mom's family is pretty big, pretty big family. There were a couple, a couple premature deaths, um, of, of aunts and uncles that happened. Um, I had a, um, lost a mentor, Scott Dinsmore. So live your legend, uh, a couple years ago, but really, and even gosh, you know, had, had a, and a couple, a couple really close friends like commit suicide. And, and any time that happens, any time I saw someone close to me lose their life, it, it really made me think about the big picture. Um, and and like like you know why are we here? What what's the deal anyway? Like what's most important? And even honing in on like this is going to be me someday. Like there there's someday in the future where where I will die. Um, and eventually moving from this this place of like fear and being afraid of that to this to this liberation of like look i only get one shot um so so i'm gonna i'm gonna celebrate that i'm gonna really enjoy it and celebrate this journey regardless of how it's gonna end because we all know how it's gonna end um but but to to use my time to do something that i'm excited about and passionate about and that's gonna have hopefully have an impact on other people um so probably not at all the, the response you were expecting. No, but, no. Uh, As, no, I think, uh, again, I think it's, it's um, uh, for everybody, you know, it's those moments. It's, it's uh, you know, it could be one moment. It can be a series of moments, you know, and, and obviously um, losing loved ones has that, that uh, effect of, of asking most of us to, to or forcing most of us to ask those big questions, you know, and um, I, I, you know, I, to be honest with you, I, I had that thought today, you know, I was out running my errands, I went and did a workout and running my errands, and you know, that, that whole, it, it's usually when I, I, I get in the mindset of, <laughs> of kind of wondering, you know, when are things, you know, when are things going to be different or what do I have to do to, you know, sort of achieve this? And it's a lack of gratitude for the present moments. And I caught myself today and I'm being like, wait a second, why, you know, stop projecting out into the future and just go, you know what, there, there's no guarantees of how much time we have. Um, and so am I making the most of what I'm doing right now? Uh, and, and so, and so I, with the work that you are doing right now, what, what's sort of the, what is that overall sort of motivation or maybe a better question is where are you ultimately wanting to go with the work that you're doing right now? Sure. Um, and, and, but real quick to touch on something that, that you mentioned of, of not just how can I do it, you know, how can I work on things I'm excited about, but how can I be grateful to have this moment yeah. in the first and, and be present. Um, and one of the things I do every morning, so I, I, have, I have a pretty extensive journal practice, um, but every day I write, you know, today is day number 11,269. Um, so it's my 11,269th day alive. Um, and, and I just, I, I number every single day to really like, years are big. I kind of can't, can't mentally conceptualize a year. But I, I, I can do a day and then just, just to really hone in like this is today. You have this day. Yeah. Um, so um, what am I really excited you know, now with what I'm doing? When I kind of left trading um, and, and thought about what I wanted to do, you know, 
moving forward, a couple things kind of came up. And one was this crazy, like, I want to um, advance, like, elevate the consciousness of the human race. Like, what does that even mean? (laughs) That's such a broad, big goal. But um, I I had done a series of uh, death meditations. So I'd kind of... um, visualize my myself dying my body composing breaking down um and just to try and get get like really familiar with that fact like okay this is happening like it's gonna happen at some point um and i I did it for a week straight and i did my last one in a float tank so sensory deprivation chamber Yeah, yeah um and had these this like crazy visualization journey trip i don't know what you call it but um my wife and I had been been to Kenya on safari, and so I kind of had these really intense visuals of, of like being the, the the skeleton in the safari field, and, and the animals coming up, and, and just this crazy graphic. But but then kind of zooming out and seeing the world, um, you know, the, the globe spinning, continuing to spin, and then continuing to go around the sun, and it went faster and faster and faster. Um, and I came out of that realizing that, like, no matter how big my impact is or my legacy is, at, at some point, um, it's going to disappear. Like, even if I'm, like, top point zero 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 one percent of people who have ever done anything amazing, you know, um, that, too, is going to fade away. Um, and so realizing, like, striving to, to build something because of a legacy or because of because of a name um, is, is, is not not as important as, as striving to do something that really moves the collective mm-hmm. um, human human race forward. Because if, if you think about it, like one individual life is an instant. It, it's, it's a flash in the pan. And right. we can kind of, we kind of know that, but on a higher level, like the human life is, is, is just as flash of a pan instant when you compare it to like the life of the entire universe. Right. Like it's really, it's really not that much, much longer, but it's a more fun, more fun thing to, to think about making a contribution to. Um, and so I thought, okay, how can I, how can I do that? How can I make us more aware, even just of that fact? No idea what I was going to do or how that was going to work, but but had that goal, and then also had the goal of of kind of like complete self mastery and self actualization of of how can I show up every single moment and just live from this place of of pure love and positive energy. Um, and do it spontaneously, right? Where like all of my actions were just coming from this place of love. Um, and such that like if, if I would watch a DVD at the end of the day of what I'd done, there would be no moments where I was like, ugh, really wish I could have done that differently. Um, and again, knowing that like this is impossible, this is like this this quest for, for perfection right. is impossible to reach. But it was a goal that I wanted to try and work towards and just do that more and more often. Um, and those were the things I were excited. I had no idea how to, what to do with them. Um, today they've kind of, they've kind of been structured into, I, I, I want to help 5% of the world's population develop a daily mindfulness practice. Mm. Um, I, I think just there's so many benefits to meditation, uh, and mindfulness. Um, and really interesting studies where they're the transcendental meditation funded them, but like 1% of a community, practicing meditation led to like a 20% decrease in crime rates. Right. Um, and it was statistically significant, but, um, I thought, man, 5% of the world, you know, if 1% does 20%, then, then maybe 5% can do a hundred. Um, 
and world peace would be like a fun goal. And I wonder what 5% of the world meditating, how that would, would shift us towards world peace. Um, so that's one kind of big thing that I'm working on. And then um, taking that, that other piece of how can I really just be my highest self moment to moment to moment um, and helping other people to do that. Um, people who are in positions of leadership, who are in positions of, of impact on other people um, and and through that kind of moving toward towards a better future. So let's let's dig in a little bit to sort of what your what are those tools and what does your daily routine look like? You know, you've mentioned uh, you've mentioned journaling and meditation, and so do you, do you have a set daily routine? Uh, what, what do those things look like? Yeah, so I, I've uh, it's not like the exact same time every single day. Um, I have have things that I always try and do, and, and there was one point when I was trading still and I had like way, way too many things. <laughs> like, 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 Oh, I got to do this and this and this and this and this. I, I spent basically 90% of my time doing my day doing my daily routine yeah. stuff. That was like supposed to get me to be able to do the work that I was. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, today it, it's, it's, you know, it's waking up pretty early. Um, anywhere between, between four and five thirty, depending both on kind of the time I went to bed the night before. And um, the time that we have our workout scheduled, so my wife and I work out um, in the mornings. But um, I've actually stopped setting an alarm in the sense of like I'm going to wake up at this time, mm-hmm. and I've started setting a timer. So when I have an Apple Watch, um, I make sure it's charged, and then when I go to bed, I put it on airplane mode and silent, and I set a timer for seven hours and forty minutes. Mm-hmm. So um, you know what is that five five sleep cycles? Um, but wake up do a super short movement practice called the Tibetan rites. Um, it's a fun little thing people can look up, but, um, super short movement practice to kind of wake up and get in my body. And then I do a 20 minute meditation and then I sit down and do some journaling. So I do affirmations, my kind of guiding statements of, of this is the only moment you have be here now, hmm. breathe, smile, laugh, relax, love and expand. And, um, I'm an open channel through which love, wisdom and abundance freely flow. And I, actually write those left-handed right to left like leonardo da vinci did um it's 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 a crazy thing and it, it helps me be more creative and also just really slow down and get present with those so um, so so describe that so you start left-handed and you go left to right-handed across the page how does that work no so, so I, I i i typically write right-handed but okay for this like i taught myself to write left-handed okay um, i start i start on the right side of the page yeah. and, and write right to left in mirror so like okay if you held it up to a mirror you'd be able to read it um like it was normal text um no uh, and this was a this was a this was a da vinci uh uh tool yeah well so da vinci wrote that way um I broke my leg a couple of years ago and I was looking at Da Vinci's journals of anatomy and noticed that his writing was all right to left and, and mirror um, and thought, you know, I'm not going to be able to do a lot of physical activity for a while. This might be a fun thing to keep my mind busy, to teach myself to write like this. Eventually thinking, well, then I can learn Italian and read Da Vinci's journals like as they were written and in his own language, which would be a, a cool thing. Um, I haven't learned Italian yet, but um yeah, so 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 I do that just to get really really slow, and they say that the the left side of the of the body is controlled by the right side of the brain, um, and the right side of the brain mm-hmm. is also the creative side. So by by doing that, it, it it's helped me one just build new neural connections and, and give my brain some challenging 
challenging right. difficulties to work through. I'm um, in two to hopefully increase creativity a little bit. Um, but that's the, the affirmations and, and the kind of statements of being or, or, or the, the mission statements or whatever. And then I do some deep work. So at, at least 90 minutes of, of no distractions, um, you know, just really whatever the most important product is for that day, really putting time and energy into it. Um, and I'll either take either one break or, or two breaks over that 90 minutes just to kind of energetically reset. So I like to work in Pomodoros where um, 25 minutes and then a five minute break or maybe 50 minutes and a 10 minute break mm-hmm. or 75 minutes and a 15 minute break so that I'm I'm constantly replenishing my energy, getting a little bit of, of refuel with maybe a short meditation, maybe it's some jumping jacks, maybe some burpees. I've got a trampoline here that I'll jump on. Sometimes I'll walk the dog or just get some water, get some food, whatever. Um, do some deep work. And then, um, that's when I, after I do that first part, typically we'll go do a workout, um, anything from yoga or Pilates to boxing or kettlebells or high intensity or some triathlon training of, of running or biking or swimming. I'm going to try and do an Ironman this year. I've done a half. I haven't done the full. So do some of that early. Um, and then really at that point, like the day is one and everything else yeah. is kind of like bonus, but, um, we'll have, you know, client meetings later, we'll have strategy mm-hmm. sessions, um, kind of sprinkling other, other types of work and, and getting on the socials and email and that sort of thing. And then, um, towards afternoon, I'll take some sort of, of, of midday break. So Brian Johnson, you know, calls it an appetition. So that's, that's something I've adopted where I'll lay down, just focus on my breath for anywhere between 10 and 20 minutes. Sometimes I fall asleep and if I do, that's cool. <laughs> um, and then do do some more work for the for the next couple of hours. In an ideal day, I'm completely shut down at five. My computer's away. Um, I've kind of journaled instead of the next day, so I, I, I pick three things to do the next day. Um, but that happens less than I would like. Um, typically, it kind of stretches into the evening. Yeah. In an ideal day, I'm, I'm doing that, and I'm completely shut down and present for when my wife gets home from work, um, and then we're kind of in deep love time so being fully present with with no distractions no phones you know for for meals and for for just some 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 one-on-one time um and then at night yeah just really really setting up the next day so doing my kind of pm journal session where i look back on the day that happened and reflect on lessons i learned and ways i can get better um better tomorrow and then uh hopefully get to bed you know i've been trying to go to bed with the sun so we the goal has been to not have on any lights um, kind of at night but to, to use the sun and then we've got some some salt salt rock uh, lamps in the bathrooms because there's no windows in there <laughs> but for lights there so yeah that's that's uh, those are most days all right no <laughs> that's uh, yeah that's that's I'm, I'm sitting here going holy cow that's that, that's a pretty that's a pretty amazing day um right. And, and, and I, I apologize, by the way, if I'm scatterbrained at all. I'm, I'm like 18 hours into a fast, trying to do some intermittent fasting. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I, no, not scatterbrained. I would say thorough, thorough, but not scatterbrained. <laughs> um, and let me, let me ask you about your deep work. And you know, for those listening un, unfamiliar with the deep work, um, obviously Brian Johnson talks about it quite a bit. Uh, it's actually a Cal, Cal Newport's term, correct? And so for you to do your deep work, uh, uh, Michael, how do you uh, limit or completely uh, uh, tune out all the distractions that would prevent that deep work during that time? 
Yeah, and um, I, I think um, limiting and tuning them out is 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 hard. Um, eliminate like if I have you know notifications that are flashing at me, like I'm going to get distracted. If I have a tab open on my browser, if I even have my browser open at all, <laughs> I'm going to get distracted. Yeah. So it's like eliminating them and not giving myself the temptation. Um, so I have my journal. I've kind of like this program that I use called Workflow, where I do most of my creative stuff in, um, and I just make that full screen, so I can't see anything else. Um, my phone is either off or it's on airplane mode, um, and I try and keep it out of sight. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll pull it up to look at a book on my Kindle or something, but really just about like getting those distractions out of the way, so no alerts um, on on the phone or on the computer. And um, giving myself energetically present to, to be focused and being willing to, when I notice my energy start to slip, so, you know, whether that's 25 minutes in or, again, like 50 minutes in or whatever, some, some, somewhere in between, noticing, okay, it's time to take a step back and maybe breathe for a minute, maybe get some water, maybe get, get a little bit of fuel um, so I can get back and, and continue to, to do that deep work. So. On one hand, it's eliminating distractions. On the other hand, it's recognizing when I feel myself starting to get pulled towards some sort of distraction, um, choosing an empowered one so I can get back and, and complete more deep work. And, and talk about uh, as far as you and, and when you're working with clients and you're working with people from a, from a coaching co- capacity, uh, you know, what is, what is it more times than not that you, you feel you're running up against, um, or actually others are running up against that is sort of the, uh, the biggest sort of hindrance to, uh, to just performing at a high level. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because I, as I've been working with more and more people, um, I've found that like, I really enjoy working with people who don't have as many hindrances and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's less about like having these big challenges and more just about excited about, you know, moving forward into new opportunities. Um, but the, the common themes, there's always a self-awareness component. So just being able to really explore your thoughts, um, often with someone else, with a coach, um, who, who can, you know, point out things you might not have seen or ask questions that, that you might not have anticipated. Sure. Um, and so to have this kind of um, co-creative brainstorming process and then giving people permission um, to do the things that, that, that they're excited to do um, or just to say like, you know what, that makes sense or I'm not sure that makes sense in this capacity. Like how can we get to a place where it does? So right. um, to, to give people really the space to be heard and to be felt and to be able to find the wisdom that they have because I'm sure most people know like when you hear something from someone else it resonates on one level but when something comes from yourself it resonates on this completely different level and that's where the transformation happens and so being able to connect people with with what they know to be true and and giving them kind of permission like like yes that is a truth and by the way like here are the spiritual or, or wisdom or like scientists or whatever who also think that what you're saying right now is accurate um, so you know that you're not alone and like here are some modalities that you can use that other people have developed that are kind of empirically based to um, tools to, to allow that to, to come forth but um, really just giving that space to be to be aware and again that's why meditation is so so important and mindfulness is so important because it's like we can't even have those conversations if they're not aware of what of what they're thinking um, or if I'm not aware of what I'm thinking 
I'm not showing up really, really present with that person. But if I've got a million different thoughts running through my head or my phone's blowing up my pocket or whatever, there's no way I can serve the level that I need to. Um, so putting myself in that position to be with them 100% present, um, just really listening and really paying attention, really focused and, and, and giving them the gift of, of, of my time um, and, and all of my experience to help them achieve what they're excited to. And growing up in a society, uh, Michael, that I would say doesn't necessarily, I would say, prepare uh, prepare people, especially young people, and as we become adults, to uh, to be as um, to be as mindful, to be as uh, knowledgeable, sort of of these skills and tools that that uh, that not only take care of us but lead to uh, you know better performance, better happiness, um, an overall sense of um, sort of joy. Uh, what was it, you know, is it, has it been part of your spiritual path, your spiritual journey? What, what do you sort of a credit give credit to the fact that you've kind of evolved to where you are now? Um, so, and I'm going to take just a breath now. <laughs> just make sure I'm really honoring the, the question. So, um, you know, growing up Catholic, and I, I wouldn't necessarily identify myself as Catholic today. Um, I, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with Catholicism. I actually am a big fan of, of, of most most religions. I think there's a lot of, of power and positive benefit to them. But I certainly grew up um, having an internal dialogue with with some higher power, um, and and was taught to kind of be contemplative. But but that was you know typically on a weekly weekly basis. Um, the meditation and, and really increased mindfulness happened when I started trading. Um, and, and as I was looking for these different modalities to reduce stress, again and again and again, people were talking about meditation. And um, I, I I was opposed to it at first. It was like this, this woo-woo-y Eastern thing. Right. Like, I don't know what's going on with that. Um, but I saw it enough times. I thought, there's no way that I can I can continue to ignore this. I need to at least give it a shot. Um and started a practice and, and really my my transformation came as a result of like experiencing what it was like um, and, and doing it you know consistently for a couple months and noticing changes and it just became this like non-negotiable thing like the way that my mind is, is, is present today and the way that I experience the world just on a moment to moment basis like I wouldn't trade it away for anything um, and, and all that it takes is, is a small investment of time to totally totally unlock these these incredible experiences these incredible benefits um, so I don't know that, that that answers your your question but really just in like a enough people are telling me I should do this yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. I, that I should probably check it out and, and once checking it out like oh Oh, this is kind of interesting. Like, I'm not my thoughts. What? That seemed like such a crazy statement. And and oh man, it's kind of true. This is nuts. <laughs> yeah. And so, what do you say to to the uh, the masses of people out there who <clears throat> who live busy lives, who have full schedules, who listen to you describe? Um, Sort of what a typical day looks like for you, and they think to themselves, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. There, I just, there's no way. I just don't have the time 
to to add these additional things to my day. So how do you respond to that? Um, I certainly didn't start with that full roster. I started just with actually the Tibetans, and I started the first day with with five. So I do twenty one. There's five different Tibetans, twenty one exercises of each. I started the day just doing five five of each of them. Um, so starting starting really small, making it so small that you cannot fail. Um, and there's 1,440 minutes in a day. Um, you can find at least one to two minutes to do these things that are gonna uh, you know leverage you and your your abilities in the in in the rest of the day. So exercising like exercising and meditating and even journaling to some point, but but certainly exercising and meditating like those things are investments. When I when I don't do those, I get less done in the day. So if I if I have eight hours in the day, um, and I you know eight hours in a work day or whatever, and I've invested sixty minutes in a movement practice and twenty minutes in meditation practice, those eight hours can can give me a lot of work. Um, if I haven't done those things, then I maybe get like one or two hours of productive work because my body isn't as prepared. Um, so. Both making it, viewing it as an investment, um, and, and knowing that you know, like the the plane says that the oxygen mask pop out. Please secure your own mask before seeing yeah. that of other people, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. like putting your own mask on and getting yourself in that position. Um, and then two, that that no matter who you are, you can find these micro moments to fit these practices. And so, like one minute of breathing on the elevator or on the bus, or even waiting in your car in the driveway before walking into the house, um, or you know, for me, it's, it's first thing in the morning, right? When, when I have control of my schedule, when no one else is clamoring for my attention yet, I'm committed to getting those things done. Um, but finding that minute or two minutes and just starting the habit and just making this commitment, I'm going to do it every single day. And then when inevitably the day comes up when I don't do it, um, I'm going to get back on the train the next day. It's going to be the most important for me to do the following, the most important thing for me to do on the following day. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, yeah so <laughs> it's it's really yeah it's it's uh, again yeah I think I I can relate right I look at the you know I, I've just adapted a new sort of daily schedule again where I sort of went from uh, ex- I went from one side of the river to the other I went from a uh, a very rigid structure to a very sort of uh, chaotic spontaneity and and sort of finding myself back into a a more fluid balance uh, now but yeah I went from years ago I went from having no commitments daily commitments to having two and a half hours of daily commitments right and but it started with one or two 10 minute commitments at a time and having those micro goals or those uh, those small dominoes that create uh, create the momentum all those uh, all those uh, Brian Johnson plus ones uh, which I want to again I uh, I've got to let you go here because I know we're, we're going way over but uh, this has just been super fascinating for me Um Tell everyone the plus one that you're doing right now, that, that commitment that you've taken on, uh, and then I want to make sure that we plug your, your social media so people can follow you and, and just see the amazing work you've committed to doing every day. So tell us about that plus one. Um, well, you know, I, I've just committed to following along with Brian. <laughs> That's what I've committed to. Um, and I'm committed to taking the, the insights and the tools that he's providing and just trying to share them with more and more people because... Um, if I can be, you know, again, that thing I write every morning where like I am an open channel, um, through wisdom, like I want to take, take that and and share it. So Brian's got a challenge, the, the epic thousand day optimizer challenge. Um, 
where every day there's just a short uh, video and, and a worksheet and a meditation on one big idea. Um, so you know the the you talk about the river of flexibility or whooping or deep work or um, all of those things have had a plus one already, and we're only forty days into it. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's going to be. But I, essentially, I watch the video, I, I look at the concepts, and then I, I kind of do a, a visual journal of it. So I try and take notes in, in a fun picture way, um, add my own insights or comments, and, and complete you know whatever the the exercise is or the question um, is that that is in the plus one and then share it on social media. And I'm, I'm committed to doing that for the next, uh, 960 days because again, we're 40 days in it's a thousand day challenge. And that gets us to January 1st, 2020. Um, and I know I just have like an unshakable faith, just, just a knowingness that if I show up and do this every day for the next thousand days, like magic's going to happen. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I know that like my current life is a result of all the things that I did previously. Um, and just have such such confidence in, in Brian, the material that he pr- provides, and, and knowing that bit by bit by bit, if I just get a little bit better, a little bit better every single day, like who knows how far I'll go, so um, or, or how far we'll go. So that's what I'm doing. I'm taking fun pictures, trying to take these lessons and make them super approachable um, to to people who may not be as familiar with Brian's work, um, and just give people, you know, as they're scrolling through Instagram or, or Facebook or what have you, just a super super quick hit of like take this and it will make your life better like like practice this today it's not hard and you will have a better life as a result of doing it no they're fantastic and again uh obviously since we've connected i've been following you i look forward every day because you know i i read brian's emails i i watch the video so i'm always looking forward to all right what's michael's uh sketch gonna look like today oh, uh, so, <laughs> oh man that's the pressure that's awesome. there's your pressure oh, right you can't stop i'm, I'm so honored no. I, I you know i i grew up my mom was an artist and she taught she taught art classes even at, at school and like i grew up doing all these art things and I, I fell away from it for a long time especially when i was trading and uh two years ago i was like i'm gonna get back into to drawing it's so like i, I uh, there's a book how to draw in 30 days that i picked up and work my way through like i started copying da vinci's um drawings and stuff but i didn't do anything with it um and when when brian announced the thing and like i started kind of just like oh this might be a fun fun chance to start drawing more pictures again so that that people have reacted to it in a positive way like it, it, it blows me away i'm just I'm, I'm so honored and so grateful for for the community you know for you um for, for kind of all of optimize and the oasis and I'm, I'm really excited to see what what we all do collectively as we continue supporting each other and, and lifting each other up over the next two five ten you know, however many years. Yeah. Well, Michael, how can people find you online and on social media? Uh, yeah. So michaelbalson.com or michael.coach or the websites. Um, I'm mbalson at, um, both Twitter and Instagram. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on the Oasis as, as Michael and, that, uh, those are the best places. All right, and uh, and for those of you out there who uh, who, who butchered would have butchered that like me, that Balshan is B A L C H A N. Yes, sir. Yes. <laughs> well, Michael, uh, uh, thanks so much, man. This has been again. I I kept looking at the clock, going, man, I can go a lot longer, but uh, I need to let him go. And uh, so maybe we'll just call this uh, maybe we'll just call this version one, chapter one, and uh, we'll get back on again uh, at some point here and do this again. 
Yeah, I'd love to. Um, thanks again. This is this is really an honor and a lot of fun. You're you're a great you're a great human being, great great person. So thank you. I appreciate that, and have a wonderful day. All right, cheers. Looked at a thousand different pictures that your mother took of you. You see, I had this crazy dream last night. This man, he talked to me. He told me everything that's good and bad about my history. But he said that you are, you are the future. Sit there.